The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Buffalo Bills fans, and welcome to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. My name is Matt Warren, Editor-in-Chief at BuffaloRumblings.com, and Happy New Year. We've reached the end of the Buffalo Bills 2018 season and the start of the 2019 offseason and, of course, January of 2019. So Happy New Year to all of you out there in Bills land. Uh, the Buffalo Bills put a walloping on the Miami Dolphins this weekend, 42-17 to in Kyle Williams' final game. Uh, we haven't had an episode out since Williams announced his retirement, and um, I'll give some of my thoughts on him in a second in my rant to open the uh, show, but it's... Uh, it's time to remind you how you can get a hold of us and leave your questions with us. Uh, the best way is to call us at 716-508-0405 and leave your question on voicemail so we can answer it on air. Uh, you can tweet at us at rumblingsqa on Twitter. And of course, in the middle of that handle, the word and is spelled out because they don't let special characters go into Twitter handles. You can send us a text at 716-508-0405. You can send us an email at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with us. Leave your questions. There's lots of stuff coming up with the offseason starting. We've got draft talk. We've got free agency bit. Um, Just on Tuesday, the Bills reportedly fired offensive line coach Juan Castillo. So there's lots of stuff already happening even in the Bills offseason, not to mention what's going on in Miami and with the Jets, where both of their head coaches were fired. So lots of questions for you to ask us here at Buffalo Rumley's Q&A. We would love to have you uh, give us a call, send us a text, uh, tweet, email, any of that stuff. And if you want your voice on air and you can't leave me a voicemail, you can just record it on your phone and send me the audio file at that email address, buffalorumblings at spnation.com. On Sunday, the Bills put up the most points of the Sean McDermott era, scoring 42 points against the Miami Dolphins. It probably should have been 45 if they didn't put an injured kicker out there on the field to try a what's relatively short in NFL standards nowadays. Um, Stephen Hauschka missed a field goal short. Uh, he should have made it. Um, 
people were trying to blame the holder and all that stuff. I just think the dude's been hurt for the last couple of weeks um, since taking that cheap shot. And for some reason, the bills didn't feel like replacing him. But if you can't make, I think it was like a 42 or 43 yarder. If you can't make that, I don't know what the business, his business is being on the team. So, um, I mean, I don't mean they should have cut him. I mean, they should have put him on IR and signed somebody else. He's going to be their kicker going into 2019. I would imagine, unless for some reason this doesn't heal, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. The, the story of the game, well, there were two big stories of the game. And the first was of course, Kyle Williams, who entered the final game of his NFL career, his great NFL career, uh, on Sunday at new era field in Buffalo. The dude is a future hall wall of famer, excuse me, future wall of famer. Um, and just has been the heart and soul of this team for more than a decade. And it was really sad, um, to see him playing in his last game. It was, I guess, bittersweet is probably a better way to describe it. Seeing him out there with his family before the game, seeing the fun he was having on the field, knowing it was his last time and kind of all those special tributes has, uh, was pretty nice. And, the Bills put put rolled out the welcome mat for him uh, on Sunday, whether it was you know announcing him last or having his family out there to greet him, and he didn't know that that was happening. By the way, uh, to kind of all the stuff that happened during the game, they were able to put him in on offense and use him as a decoy as Josh Allen rushed for his first touchdown of the game. Williams kind of got an extra shove at the end there to get Allen maybe over the plane. Uh, later in the game, he was able to get in on offense again and catch his first pass of his NFL career for nine yards, putting a nice little move on and, and trying to stiff arm and all that stuff. And that was neat. And then finally, at the end of the game with a, a minute 19 left, Sean McDermott put him into the game just so he could call a timeout and pull him out of the game and kind of give him that one last recognition from the fans at New Era Field. And then he did what most of the Buffalo media referred to as the Cal Ripken trot going all the way around the entire stadium one time to shake hands and high five and just say thanks to all the Bills fans that were in attendance at New Era Field that came down to the first couple roll rows to say thanks uh, to Kyle Williams, the 13-year NFL vet who uh, retires at the end of the season. And uh, and that was all, of course, really sweet. Uh, we, we, we got some tear-jerking moments this week, whether it was hearing – Sean McDermott's voice catch during the meeting where he told the players, uh, just, I mean, you got great sound bites from all those guys from Kyle himself in practice on Wednesday and on Sunday after the game, just great sound bites from everybody. And it was, I'm, I'm just glad that he told the, the coaches ahead of that last game so that they could send him off. Right. Um, Eric Wood, of course, famously now did not get that send off. He, didn't know he was had already played in his last game when he went through the exit, a physical, and had to retire. Then all of those issues hadn't quite been settled yet when he had that little press conference, and it just turned into this 60-second sideshow, and he never really got the send-off he deserved. So it was nice to see Kyle be able to get that, and maybe Eric will get that at some point in the future. Um it, it won't be the same clearly because Eric can't go on the field, but just having all those guys say all those nice things about you and being able to wave to the fans and things like that. Um, Eric just didn't get that. So looking forward to that maybe happening in the future. 
Um, and then beside that, we had Josh Allen playing perhaps his best game as a pro. He was able to score five touchdowns, two on the ground and three through the air, including a wide open pass to Zay Jones and another um, kind of off target pass to Zay Jones. He also threw a pick six in the game, but rebounded from that uh, to lead the bills to the victory. And I just, everything I saw from him on Sunday, including that response to the pick six, maybe not the pick six itself, but, but everything else other than that pass, it was nice to see the growth coming from him. He completed more than 60% of his passes. He, you know, found guys in space. He threw guys open. He, um, the, the one thing I would wish I would have seen a little bit more is the bills take a shot downfield, but they didn't really need to do that in the second half. So I'm not you know shocked that they didn't do that, but it's, um, it's going to be very interesting to see what the bills do this off season to surround him with talent. And, um, that's enough of me. Let's get to the questions. All right. This week's question I'm getting a lot is about the bill's salary cap. And it's, uh, how much cap space do the bills actually have on the 2019 salary cap? As we enter this off season, uh, the bills are shedding something like $70 million in dead caps um, space that they've been holding during 2018 from releasing all those veterans and trading guys since Brandon Bean took over. Uh, right now, the Bills have a, a really hefty amount of salary cap space going into 2019. They stand third in the NFL with a projected $86 million in cap space. They are third, like I said, behind Indianapolis, who has $122 million projected, and the Jets, who have $106 million projected. The Colts, I think, are going to be a really interesting case. They obviously made the playoffs this year. They've got that franchise quarterback. They've got a head coach that people want to play for in Frank Reich, and they've they've just got some really nice pieces. They've got an offensive line that's really going to set them up for success next year, and the Bills and Jets and Cleveland Browns who are in fourth place and Oakland Raiders who are in fifth place. All these teams are going to be fighting with free agents because if somebody is looking at the Colts and looking at the bills and they have the same offer from both teams, they're going to, I would want to go play for the Colts knowing all of those things kind of lean in their favor. One nice thing working in the bills favor though, is that the Colts already have their offensive line uh, set and in place. They've got, a number one wide receiver. So maybe Buffalo won't be competing with them for the same free agents and they'll be able to get a couple other things in place that you wouldn't have to worry about the Colts with, but Buffalo will be of course fighting with the jets for free agents at wide receiver and on the offensive line. And who knows what coach the, the jets are going to hire to try to lure free agents. It's one of the reasons I'm glad that bills fought to the end of this season to kind of show people that they were a team on the rise and not just down in the dumps so that Buffalo wouldn't even, you know, be able to get a sniff of some of these free agents. So, so Buffalo is $86 million in cap space going forward. If they did want to shed some salary this off season, they could also release LaShawn McCoy. There's other folks that they might want to think about releasing or trading like Jerry Hughes or even guys like Trent Murphy and Star Latulale. I don't, anticipate any of those moves happening outside of McCoy possibly being cut or traded. But the way Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott talked about 
McCoy in their year-end press conference. I expect that he's going to be around in 2019. So really, they're just going to be able to go into 2019 with you know a bunch of cap space and be able to sign some free agents if they want to. Now, looking at the free agent list of, of folks that are out there, I don't know if there's a ton of guys that the Bills are even going to be interested in. Obviously, they'll be able to bring in some people at certain positions, but I don't know if there's that kind of slam dunk top-end free agent option that they're going to be able to to go and sign to immediately upgrade at one of their positions. So we'll see what happens when salary cap casualties start coming in in a couple months. But right now, not a, look, looking like a great free agent class. And so the Bills might not be spending all that money this offseason. They might just be content getting those 10 draft picks in, getting some marginal free agents, and then starting to look to the future and uh, maybe paying some guys long-term that have been around. You, you might see a contract for Shaq Lawson, who had played very well in 2018, I thought. And there's a few other guys who might be in line for a contract extension coming up in the next couple of years that they're going to have to save money for, like Tredavious White eventually, and and a few other guys that have been drafted in the last couple of years, maybe Zay Jones. So all that is to say that the Bills have a lot of cap space, but I don't know if they're going to be able to use all of it. So stay tuned. And that's the question I'm getting a lot. Hi, this is Tim in Tonawanda, and I have a question for Rumbling's Q&A. And with the loss of Kyle Williams, I was just wondering how this will impact the defensive scheme for next year. Thanks. Have a good day, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, Tim, and thanks for giving us a call at 716-508-0405 and leaving your question for us. The retirement of Kyle Williams is definitely going to be felt on the field. He was still playing at a Pro Bowl level in 2018. And while the Bills drafted Harrison Phillips last year, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily just going to be as easy as plugging him into the starting lineup next year. Uh, Phillips is more of the Star Latulale kind of space-eating kind of defensive tackle. And we saw that most of the season where Phillips wasn't in the backfield very much. He was occupying double teams several times throughout the year, but he never really was able to get off of his block and get into the backfield and be a penetrator. So I don't anticipate him just being like the plug-and-go option. Now, they might have to rely on him a little bit, and especially if they can't re-sign a guy like Jordan Phillips to add to the rotation, they're going to uh, have to add somebody else to, to take on that role, which is why you might start to see uh, a defensive lineman going to the Bills in some of these mock drafts uh, coming out in the very near future so they can add a guy who can replace Williams in that kind of penetrating defensive tackle role. Uh, I just don't see Phillips in that role. He did play there a little bit in the preseason and in training camp, but when they asked him to do it during the season, he just wasn't there. So they might be able to re-sign, like I said, Phillips to know, a, t- a team-friendly deal, although he is more likely looking for uh, a better opportunity than that, perhaps. Um, the Bills might not be willing to to sign him to a, a nice contract. They claimed his rookie contract last off or during this past season. So, yeah, they were he was cost control. So he's not going to be that way now. So it's, it remains to be seen whether he re-signs or not. Uh, he did say at Locker Cleanout Day that the Bills had reached out to him and, and he was in contract talks to return. So we'll see how that goes. Um, 
but they, they are going to have to add a guy probably. I don't think it's going to change their defensive scheme at all. Uh, they just need to address a hole in their defensive line. And um, I don't think they can say roll with Lorenzo Alexander in there uh, next year or something like that. So they're going to have to figure out a way to replace that penetrating defensive tackle spot. Thanks for your question and happy new year to you too again, Tim. Our Twitter question of the day comes to us from Kent Merzlock. He tweeted us at Rumlings Q and A with the word and spelled out right in the middle of that. His question has to do with Lorenzo Alexander. Uh, will Lorenzo Alexander be back for 2019? I personally think he will be. Uh, he obviously has a lot left in the tank. He played really well this year and played a ton of snaps this year. I think he played 100% of the snaps in Week 17 against the Dolphins, even at the age of 35. And I'll tell you what, I'm 35 and I wake up and I, I'm sore from sleeping. So I can't even imagine what he his, he and his body are going through after NFL games. but. I do think he'll be back on a one-year deal, kind of like Kyle Williams was last year when he resigned. I think it was like $4 million or something like that with some incentives built into that. Um, and Alexander will have a chance to to stay in Buffalo and to contribute to a team that he wants to be on. But I also think that the Bills want him back, especially with Williams retiring, to to kind of be that steadying hand and, and take them to the that next step, that next level um, as Tremaine Edmonds and maybe Harrison Phillips and a couple of these other young guys start to really take over and step up Trey white. I'd be remiss not to uh, mention him. So I do think that Lorenzo Alexander will be back in 2019. It is probably going to take a while for them to hammer out a contract though. um, Just because of the unique nature of the situation, there's just not a lot of comparable contracts that they can be like, Oh yeah, well he played as well as this guy um, because they have to factor in his age in their um, in their risk management assessment, and he I'm, I'm sure recognizes that, and but also wants that you know bigger contract that might go to a 28 year old guy in a similar situation. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out, but I do think he'll be back. Thanks for your question uh, at Rumblings Q and A on Twitter. You can send us questions 24 hours a day, seven days a week there on Twitter. And uh, we'll answer them on the podcast. Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Just as a quick reminder, you can call us at 716-508-0405 with your questions. You can send us tweets at Rumblings Q&A. You can email us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. I also wanted to remind you to subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast app you're using. Go and leave us a review at iTunes. It helps other people find the show. Uh, We have two other shows on our podcast network as of right now. Uh, There's Blitzed Bills, which is our newest show, which started just a couple weeks ago. Um, And it's the guys from Blitzed NFL taking the bills and putting them in the spotlight for 20 something minutes every week. Then uh, the circling the wagons podcast, which was the 
first podcast show to launch on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Uh, Circling the Wagons is going to be around during the season, or during the offseason, I should say, uh, to kind of get you ready for the draft and get you ready for free agency and all that stuff. And then, of course, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. This show is going to be around once a week. Uh, we drop on Wednesdays, and we're going to be doing it all season for the foreseeable future. So you can send in your questions about whatever you want around the NFL's offseason. Let's go to our next question. Hi, good morning. Happy New Year's. My name is Raul from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, I'd like to ask all Bills fans, with the coin toss and the draft between Denver and us at 9 and 10, would we like to trade down to get a right receiver and a pass rusher or just stay at 9? Thank you. Thanks for the question, Raul, and thanks for calling in from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. It's not as sunny in Western New York right now. We're getting snow and wind and all that other stuff this week uh, following the the Bills' final home game of the year. Um, Raul was asking about a coin flip for the ninth uh, overall draft pick. The Bills uh, and Denver Broncos will not need to go to that coin flip because they're both in the same conference. The NFL uses the conference tiebreakers, and Buffalo has won that tiebreaker for the ninth overall pick because they had an easier schedule than the Denver Broncos. So the Broncos will pick 10th in the first round. The Bills will pick 9th in the first round. Uh, and it didn't come down to the coin flip as some people were talking about. Uh, it would have if the Broncos and Bills were in different conferences, but because uh, they're in the same conference, we didn't have to worry about that. Uh, as for the the actual meat of your question about whether the Bills are going to want to trade down I do think that's an option for them. The Bills have a couple holes, and that ninth pick is kind of in that in-between spot. You don't usually get one of the top you know, blue-chip prospects in the draft, and so it might be a little bit it might be a little bit late for them to get maybe, – maybe they're looking at one of the top two offensive linemen, and both of those guys are off the board by nine. You might see them trade back because they have two wide receivers that are kind of close together in the middle of the first round. Or you know maybe they've got a lineman and a wide receiver, and they're trading back five spots, but both one of those two guys is going to be on the board when they pick. So maybe, maybe they'll be doing that. I think it's much more likely that they're going to stay at their spot because – I just don't see the I don't see the players that people are going to be trading up to get. Last year you saw, you know, quarterback fever take over and lots of trades in the top 10 where folks were trying to get their quarterback of the future. But there aren't really that many quarterbacks this year, so I don't see the need for folks to trade up to where the Bills are picking at 9 to to grab that guy and I don't know which prospects folks might be coveting at that spot. So I just don't see that happening. I, I think it's much more likely that they stay at the ninth pick and pick their best player available. As Brandon Bean talked about at the end of the year, they could go for a defensive lineman, um, a cornerback to pair with Tremaine Edmond, excuse me, Tretavius White. Uh, they could go with a wide receiver. They could go with an offensive lineman. really depends on how the first eight picks fall. So sorry, Trey White there. Too many too many trays picking off Miami Dolphins quarterbacks on Sunday. Get me all confused. Thanks for your question, Raul. And go Bills. Thanks for repping all the way from Arizona. Hey there. I'm Dan from Rochester, New York. 
I have a question. What do you think the chances are that the Bills will go after a guy like Antonio Brown? Um, you know, I've seen news that he's unhappy in Pittsburgh. Um, what are the chances that we bring on bring him on for next year? Thanks. Bye. Thanks for the question, Dan. Uh, Brown reportedly had an altercation with his quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, on Wednesday at the Steelers' walkthrough before their final game of the season. He skipped practice the rest of the week and was deactivated, even though they said it was because of a knee, I think. Uh, Word has come out now that that was not the case. And even now, Roethlisberger is saying that Brown isn't returning his texts or his phone calls, so it seems like they're destined for another high-profile it's not really a contract dispute like it was with uh, Le'Veon Bell, but it's a dispute nonetheless. And the Steelers seem to have that window, that Super Bowl window closing on them after missing the playoffs here in 2018. Brown is a very talented player, obviously. And I think Josh Allen could benefit greatly from having his talent on the field. I don't necessarily think he fits the type of player that the Bills are looking to add to their roster off the field though. And he seems like a guy that's going to argue with Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger. What's he going to come in and do with a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback in Josh Allen and a second year coach or a third year coach in Sean McDermott. So I, I just don't see that as a possibility. We had talked about AJ Green a couple weeks ago, and and maybe that's more of a possibility. Although, I mean, I don't think either of them are very likely. So, you know, what are the chances the Bills trade for Antonio Brown? I'll say one percent. AJ Green might be like one and a half percent. I just don't see it as very likely, especially because Brown is thirty years old. Um, the Steelers have a history of asking for a lot in trades, and uh, they they do have a history of, of trading guys. You saw this year that they didn't trade Le'Veon Bell because they didn't get the value that they thought they should for him. So I just I just don't see it happening. Um, even though it would be nice to add, you know, a, a Pro Bowl wide receiver to their receiving room. Thanks for the question. We'll take one more question from Twitter uh, before we wrap up. This week's show. Uh, this one comes from at Sir Spizzy on Twitter, who tweeted us at Rumlings Q&A. In your way too early predictions, who would be ideal for us to take at number nine? And that's right, that it's way too early. I don't think anyone's arguing with me on that. But I do think that there are a few different options that the Bills could go with um, if you want to talk about some specific guys. And let's take a look at just the SB Nation mock draft, uh, the most recent one from uh, New Year's Eve here. Uh, Dan Cater <clears throat> put Nick Bosa to the Cardinals like pretty much everyone else is. And then Josh Allen, the linebacker from Kentucky, going number two overall. But then Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle from Alabama, goes third to the New York Jets. And he's definitely a guy that Bills fans are going to be coveting. He can play both sides. They could put him at left tackle and move Deion Dawkins either to left guard or right tackle and just kind of be all set uh, at, at that position for the next decade, hopefully. So uh, obviously he would be nice. Um, fifth go is Greedy Williams from LSU, the cornerback. 
The Bills could definitely target him if he falls to number nine uh, to pair opposite of his LSU uh, teammate, Tredavious White. Um, Greg Little goes seventh to the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's the Ole Miss offensive tackle that, again, you could put right into the starting lineup from day one and upgrade easily. Uh, at number nine, they have uh, Rashawn Gary from Michigan. And here's what Dan Cater says. With the two best offensive linemen gone, the Bills could look for a pass rusher or wide receiver with the nine in the draft. A pass rusher carries more value, so Gary is the choice for now. He's a strong end who can push blockers back into the pocket and create pressure. Gary could play that penetrating defensive tackle role pretty well if he bulks up just a little bit. He could also kick out and do some pass rushing. And the Bills, despite having some good pass rushers, they've got a couple of old pass rushers in Trent Murphy and especially in Jerry Hughes. So, you know, kind of looking long-term at that position, they have Shaq Lawson, who uh, they could resign a year from now. Um, they also have Eddie Yarbrough, who kind of fell off the planet during the season, and Mike Love, who fell off, who uh, came in and replaced him. But um, they don't really have that kind of stud young pass rusher, so maybe they could go that direction. Um, a couple other players that they could look at, if you look a little bit further down the mock draft, the first wide receiver doesn't come off the board until all the way down at 24, where it ends up going to the Oakland Raiders or the Las Vegas Raiders or wherever the heck they're going to play next year. And then Marquise Brown, the wide receiver from Oklahoma was the very next pick to the Baltimore Ravens at 25. So you could see both of those guys sneaking up into the top 10 with good off season workouts and things like that. There's defensive tackles and cornerbacks and all that stuff that go before that as well. So I think it's probably going to be a guy like um, DK Metcalf. He was who uh, Dan Cater mocked to the bills last week. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me for any of those guys to be the, the guy that ends up being picked at number nine when the Bills go on the clock. Thanks again for the question at Rumblings Q&A. Thanks for tuning in one more time, Buffalo Bills fans. If you have questions, you can give us a call at 716-508-0405. You can send us tweets at Rumlinks Q&A with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can send us emails either with text questions or with pre-recorded voice questions at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can leave questions in the comment section of any Rumlinks Q&A article on buffalorumlinks.com we'd love to hear from you of course and this show wouldn't exist without you so please give us a call please questions so that we can kind of see where the fan base is at and you know try to try to answer those questions we've got lots to talk about as the 2018 nfl season and the playoffs wrap up And then we start looking at the draft and free agency and all that stuff we're going to be looking at at buffalorumlinks.com over the next few months. We've got coach confidence polls and free agents and who can replace guys that are leaving and whether we should re-sign 
some of our departing free agents, all that other stuff is coming at buffalorealmies.com in the next couple months. So make sure you check us out. Go into hibernation mode. We're, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week, posting articles all the time. So make sure you give us a follow. Uh, check in with the website and uh, subscribe to this podcast. It would be super awesome if you could tell at least one of your friends about Rumblings and or this podcast, Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. Thanks again for listening. I'm Matt Warren, editor of buffalorumblings.com.